everyone, and welcome back to the Geek Wave. This is the low budget show. It's the show so low it has no budget. And we got a cool episode to talk about this week. You know, there's some fun stuff I'm very, I'm very, very excited to get into. Mainly because this has been something I've wanted to do for a while. You know, since the announcement of the Substack thing, I kind of wanted to get involved in talking about it. But I wanted to let my feelings grow a little bit more before I did the deep dive. So we got a couple pieces of news before we break down the comic book industry as a whole. And before that, I do want to say I am not an expert on the industry. I don't know all the marketing and the business that goes behind everything. I want to talk about this from like a fan's perspective, looking at this as, you know, the critic, the reviewer, the guy who buys like 12 books every week. I That's how I'm going into this. And when we hear this news, it's a lot to take in. So I'm very excited to like jump into this and see what's going to come about from discussing things like this. And also, like I said, we have a couple pieces of news to talk about. Not a whole lot because we did like a huge news briefing last week. So let's get into the news that is for this week. There's not a lot to cover and I'm just more excited to get to the comic book stuff. So first off, okay, <laughs> Expendables 4. You guys ready? You ready for Expendables 4? It's coming. Stallone said Expendables 4, Exfornables, Expendables 4 Cruise Control. Yep, it's coming. Cast and shit. People are going to be in it. I didn't look up anything for Expendables 4 because it's too late. You know, it's really too late. If this came out five years ago, sure. But in the post-John Wick era, there's no room for this anymore. These types of films don't make any money and they're not cool. No, nobody who goes to see movies now that is of a certain age, you know, maybe, I guess 50 and older, but it's rare that people want to see a Stallone flick where he's doing the usual shit. And, like, they're PG-13, so they're not as gritty that you'd want them to be. And they're a bunch of old guys who aren't cool anymore, and they're just boring. So Expendables 4, look out, kids, here comes Expendables 4. It's gonna make money. I, d I doubt it. Like, it's too late. This genre's done. It doesn't have any legs anymore. And I think Stallone realizes that because he's been in Guardians of the Galaxy and The Suicide Squad. That's the future. You know, him and his friends making these fucking movies isn't the future. It's just literally living in the past, which we're moving past as a genre. And I don't care. Like, I don't care. Nobody... I don't want to say any anybody wouldn't watch this, but... It's too late, man. Get on with your life. Get get out of here. Nobody needs this. <laughs> Let's move past that and go on to something that I'm genuinely excited is happening. So with Disney Plus being announced, it's rare that we've seen like some smaller properties getting like the push again, but that looks to be the case for the property of the Rocketeer, David Oyelowo, who starred in Selma and has just been an incredible actor who hasn't really had a big mainstay thing yet besides Selma he hasn't like had a top role but he along with his wife are going to be adapting rebooting the Rocketeer franchise in a series called no it's not a series it's a film I should say a film called The Return of the Rocketeer cool idea like that is an era that should be explored more because that original movie is really cool the concept is really fun and you could do a lot with like modern technology and you know there's a reason you get the guy that made that movie to do the first Captain America. That's all I'm saying. Like, that style holds up incredibly well today, and it just looks really good. I mean, look at the most recent episode of What If, or not the most recent, but like the first episode of What If. 
like there is something so unique about that time period like fighting the nazis in that regard that we like now you can set it in i'd set it in world war ii i think that's a great place to set it but if you want to modern it up and you could do i guess i don't know what the next war would be you could set it in or if it's just going to be like a guy that finds the helmet in a different time place it's cool stuff i think it'd work you could do multiple rocketeers too give us a bunch of them like, there is room for this franchise to be something cool, and I think we're about to see that happen, and just the idea that the Rocketeer could be something as big as a Marvel movie is kind of cool to see, because that character has staying power, he is iconic, he is recognizable, and David Oyelowo is a great actor. If he is going to star in this, they haven't confirmed if he's going to star in it or if he's just going to produce it. It's cool. I think he could do something completely original with that property and change it to something that not a lot of people would be expecting. So I think that's really fun. I'm very curious to see what's going to come of that. Now, my last piece of news here is something that's kind of personal to my heart because it is a, it's a, from a series that I have been talking about for a long time. And that, of course, is Dickinson. Now, I love Dickinson. Like That show just struck me in a way not a lot of TV has. It is so original. It is so fun. It understands the power of writing and poetry and how words have different meanings and how you can find yourself through creativity. And it looks like that the third season will be premiering, I think they said November, which is very soon because they filmed that season last. That's very soon. But the third season of Dickinson is also going to be the show's last. Now, there's probably a bunch of factors for this, but I'm going to say it's Haley taking the Marvel check. I, I mean, I hope that's not the reason. And I think it's like, okay, we told our, you know, beginning, middle and end of our story of Emily Dickinson. You know, she found love. She has love. How is this last season going to play up? Is she going to come out of her shell? Are we going to age things up and we're going to see her die? Hard to say. Maybe she's going to die in the last episode. That would be Great way to end it, you know, Wiz Khalifa just, you know, in the chariot, and finally she gets her swan song away. I could see that happening. But honestly, I'm I'm disappointed, because I could have watched a lot of this show, and I think the fact that it's leaving so soon kind of sucks. But three seasons of Dickinson, I'm all for it. It's a good show. Please check it out. I can't preach the praises of this show enough. Like, it's one of those few programs that just spoke to me it worked for me and it made me super happy that it existed so the fact that we got it is very cool thank you for the team behind dickinson it's going to be one i'll be talking about for a very very long time and Haley, i'm excited to see your future projects but girl let's see how you do with kate <laughs> like i hope i mean yeah because kate's gonna be the stay like we're not gonna see renner and everything so I, I think Kate's going to be a big stay. So we'll see what happens. But that's all the news I got. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to jump into the realm of comic books. Because there's a lot to discuss from a fan's perspective. So, yeah, we're going to be jumping into the every, just everything happening in the comic book industry as of late. So, I'm sure there might be some people listening who aren't big into comics. Or if you're not, then why are you watching this? It's, it makes no sense. But there's a lot of changes going on. We're going to try to break down a lot of it. And I want to give my thoughts and feelings on what's happening. Just because I think it's very fascinating. 
you know, there's this idea that I've been thinking about when it comes to Substack and all these creators deciding it's time to go there. That is that this could be the next image boom. And for those of you who don't know what I mean by that, in the 90s when the comic book, you know, speculators market bubble, it kind of burst. Image was this big thing because these top creators were like, I could get more money making my own creation. Let's follow Todd McFarlane's example, literally walk away from the big two, start our own company and take in as much revenue as we can. And you had a couple of those guys that did that, broke the market down to something that was almost inhabitable to like grow or profit. And suddenly you had these books from the 90s that were selling top dollar from these guys that weren't working for Marvel or DC. And that's very impressive in the 90s. It also kind of ruined the industry later on. And now that we are in 2021, I think we are about to see something very similar happening, but in a modern context. So this news with Substack kind of started when Nick Spencer announced that he was going to be stepping away from the Amazing Spider-Man title. People were like, what? He's going to some weird place? Why would he go there? There's nothing at Substack for him. Turns out there was something at Substack for him, and that was like being like the figurehead the leader of all these top creators coming over to Substack for their thing. So the news broke. You know, Nick Spencer is leaving the top book at Marvel. A couple months later, James Tynan IV announces he's leaving the top book at DC Comics. He's leaving Batman to start a Substack. He kind of announced that, you know, he's not going to be renewing his contract of DC and he's going to be promoting his Substack stuff. Now, that is a big statement to make. When you get James Tynan, who's arguably like the top guy in comic books right now, like he's putting out a bunch of good fucking books. All of them are really good. Like there isn't a James Tynan book that I don't like on shelves. Not all of them are for me, but to say they are poorly written or poorly made is bullshit. They are all fantastic. He's a fantastic writer. To say I'm done with Batman and kind of like the larger DC universe... I'm going to go to the newsletter place where you can... Okay, so Substack is essentially Patreon. It's essentially an OnlyFans. Basically, you pay a certain amount a month and you get exclusive stuff from the creator of your choice. Now, this could be things like newsletters or information or, you know, like merchandise or pieces and stuff, but also original comic books. You know, some people have announced the original comic books that will be coming to their Substack. Some people still haven't announced that. So, James Tynan's coming. That's a big get because James is like the biggest name at DC. So, he's like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to go there. A couple names follow behind him. One of the other big ones was Chip Zdarsky. He didn't say he's leaving Marvel, but he said, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try it. And, you know, it's it's weird to say, but out of everyone who announced it, I think the one I would pay for is Chip. Just because I love Chip, I think he's funny, and I'd be very curious to see what his new book is going to be. What he, I think it's called Public Domain. It's kind of like the superhero that the world knows and the family about them, but they don't own the rights to that kind of thing. That's a very Chip Zdarsky premise, and I'd be very excited to see it. So Chip announced he's going to do one. Then you got guys like Saladin Ahmed who says he's going to do it. And I'm like, okay, I believe Saladin Ahmed could do it. Pull it off into something special. You got guys like Scotty Young who's going to do it. He's going to bring back I Hate Fairyland through his sub stack, which is kind of interesting. 
And I think the other one that kind of shook the industry a little bit was Jonathan Hickman. Because you got the top guy from Spider-Man who says, I'm done. I'm going to launch this thing at Substack. They're giving me a lot of money. And the, the understanding I got so far is that the creators are getting their money up front to make these things. So it's kind of just like you get this money at the beginning, you put that into whatever the hell you want to make, and then you get your money back from the subscriptions. I think it's something to that effect. They're not just like going in blind. They do have some money coming in before they do this. So Nick Spencer, he leaves Spider-Man. James Tynan, he leaves Batman. And then Jonathan Hickman, the guy who spearheaded this new era of X-Men, made it into something very interesting for a lot of people. He is going to be leaving X-Men now. And he hasn't announced anything else at Marvel as of now, so we don't know what he's going to be working on if he's still working with that company. But he's like, yeah, I'm making a big book at Substack. It's going to be a huge world-building thing. That's impressive. Because there's some guys who you're just like, okay, I get why they'd go there just because it's another place to launch your product. But James didn't need to do this. James would have been set working at DC. But James is also the kind of guy who wants to make his independent works, and if this is the best way to do it currently, it's interesting to see that. Hickman's a surprising one, because I didn't think he would want to do that. And then I think the other big shocker that I didn't see coming, but I was like, okay, that makes sense to me, is, you know, the Kids Love Chains Press, which is the KLC Press, created by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. And basically this one is they are building their own kind of like press, their own company inside of Substack, where it's like, we're going to be launching a few books that we're working on together and separately. Donny Cates is writing one and Stegman's doing the art, and I think another one Cates is writing with his wife, Megan. So they're going to be working together. And I think they're slowly going to build their own imprint within Substack. So that is a lot of big names. The biggest names in comic books all taking the chance. And I want to say chance very clearly. They are taking the chance on what this is. Because as of now, we are still early on in the Substack comic thing. It's untested waters. And you know... It's preaching itself to be different than a Patreon and an OnlyFans, but that's what it is. You, It's essentially that, but you get money up front to create your thing. Now, as a creator myself, somebody who has spent a lot of time writing comic books and working with artists to make our book, I understand the need to do this because I think in an industry that is perpetually changing, there is this need to grow. And there's a couple of reasons for that. I think like creator-owned works are more important now than ever because of the media boom of comic books. So I don't... Actually, let's get into this. Let's talk about this for a bit because I think it does relate to this idea of creating your own like characters and your own world and you having your own properties owned by you. Marvel and DC are making big movies. Billion-dollar movies. Almost every outing, billion-dollar movies. The creators of some of those, like in the comic books, aren't getting that residual. They're not getting that money back. You know, I'm not going to quote names or anything, but everyone's seen the articles about like the $5,000 and, you know, like a like a chance to see the movie, you know, coming to the premiere, you know, you get like a handshake or some, it's whatever the fuck. As a creator, and I, I see both sides of this, so the positive, I'm like, you are going to be a part of the biggest movie ever made. That is really fucking cool. 
But another part of me is like, I get $5,000 for making the greatest movie ever, like the highest grossing movie ever. I created these characters, this world. The idea that this is based on comes from my story. I'm not seeing anything from that money, from that fucking gross. That would make me angry. And I understand some creators don't want to do that, especially in an era where everyone wants to make their own character for the possibility they're going to be appearing on the big screen. I understand how that gets frustrating. And once this thing comes into place, like, okay, Warner Brothers has DC. They're set. Disney has Marvel. They're set. Every other studio is going to want to buy their next big comic book property. You look at Amazon. Look what Amazon did with The Boys and Invincible. Other studios are going to want to do those. you telling me Apple isn't looking to make one right now or Hulu isn't looking to make another one right now? I know Hulu's got Why the Last Man. But if that's a success, if that's a success, could you imagine what else they want to look for? Like there's these big ideas in comic books that these creators can do now. And if they take their properties and their projects away from the big two, that's just money in their pocket. It's more money coming to them. So I think that's a reason you would want to leave the big two. Nothing against the big two. I'd still love to work for them. And I think a lot of creators do. But if you are somebody who's looking for money, and I, I think this also has to do with this stuff that Scott Snyder is doing. Now, Scott Snyder is a guy who just spent a lot of money on a deal with Amazon and Comixology. So, Scott Snyder, again, one of the biggest names in comic books, is going to be making a, ten, well, not 10, 8 comic book deal, Comixology originals for potential development at Amazon. That is a huge deal. And he probably took it because, yeah, I'm going to make a lot of money that way, to make my family, just to like to support my family, it's a better choice. I get that. I really do get that. I, I would do the same thing. So that is a big trend we are seeing right now. It's just kind of like, okay, these big creators are stepping away. They're not leaving completely. You know, Zadarsky, Kate, Stegman, Hickman, they're not leaving completely, but they're like, I could do this over here, make more money this way. And then if something does eventually happen with this property, I know like James announced one that's called like Blue Book or Blueprint or something. Maybe he could sell that to another studio or you look at Snyder. It's like, I could do these with Black Label or with Image, but Comixology is like, hey, you could already adapt these if these books are successful. So that's an impressive deal. Now, as a fan of comic books, it kind of worries me for a few reasons. Like one of the big ones is... That's a lot of extra money that I don't know if I can spend. You know, if I had the ability to support every single one of these creators, I would. I would give them all the $10 or $7 a month that they need. But at saying that, especially for a guy who does comic book reviews on YouTube and talks about stuff like this on podcasts, I can't risk spending the money on untested waters for something I don't know if it's going to get the hits. So... I do a lot of Marvel and DC reviews on here. I would love to be able to review every single, you know, book that comes out from the Substack, guys. I'd love to talk about Public Domain or Blue Book or whatever, you know, Cates is doing with Stegman. I think it's called Vanish. I'd love to review those. But if they're not going to be as successful as the big two companies putting out their releases, I can't do that. And, you know, if I'm not making that much money, I can't 
give the money to them either. So it's just more stuff that's untested that I don't know if it's going to work for me. And I'm sure there's some people that are like, fuck yeah, it's Donny Cates, I will give the money to. But there's also other books from Cates I could read. There's also other books from Zdarsky and Tynan that I can read that don't require me to spend the extra $7 a month for something that might not come out that month. That's the thing too. You might not get it regularly. It's when they put it out. It could just be like you're paying $7 a month to see their newsletter, see some character concepts, see if the book's coming out on time. Who knows? It's untested waters. And I'm not sure what the numbers are on these guys' subscriptions right now. I didn't look at any of that because I'm not going to do it yet. I, I, I wish I could, but at this point in time, I, I can't risk it. And I think that's something that scares me. It's just like, if this becomes the norm... Absolutely. I will I will find my favorite creators. I will subscribe to them. But at the same time, too, the smaller creators can't do this. So you have to be you have to be an already hugely established name to make this work for you. That's why it's James Tynan, it's Jonathan Hickman, it's Chip Zdarsky, it's Donnie Cates. The biggest names in comic books can do this. Then one's just coming onto the scene, like, if I broke out right now and say I got to write my She-Hulk comic that I've always wanted to write, I couldn't say I'm doing a Substack original series, because nobody is going to spend the money on that. I'm not Kate or Zadarsky. I'm Untested Waters. I did one thing that's fine. So, it kind of, like, segregates, and maybe that's the wrong word, but it kind of, like, separates creators in a different way where it's like okay only the good guys can make their millions over here and millions might be a stretch but let's just say they're millions over here while the rest of us are struggling in this section trying to get their things made and the substack stuff is only for those guys that already made their money and they're still doing their other stuff that's hard to see so there's a lot of money a lot of untested waters just a lot of stuff that's like it's hard for a new creator to come up with that setting too but at the same time if Cates and Stegman are creating an imprint, maybe they'd want to get guys working under their imprint. You know, if Kids Love James does become an imprint, maybe then they'd be like, okay, well, we're doing this kind of a thing. Maybe we could get like a new creator who'd want to work for us here and we could pay them that money. And that comes back to what I was kind of saying at the beginning. It's kind of like image. You know, you've got all these big creators, like the top creators of the industry today, your Todd McFarlane's, your Eric Larson's, your Rob Liefeld's, your Jim Lee's, all of these guys who have been making great work. Now they're just saying, okay, we don't need to be here anymore. We got Nick Spencer guiding us over here with our millions of dollars that we can spread out across all this stuff and make something cool, which is interesting on one hand, but on the other hand too, it's like, that kind of ruined the industry for a bit. Like, it destroyed the competition. It kind of, like, broke the industry. Is that going to happen again here? I don't think it's going to happen like that. But I think we are seeing that creators now don't feel the burden of being like, I have to write for DC or I'm not, a, or I'm not like, a writer. I don't have to, like, you know, draw a Hulk comic book to feel like I'm a Hulk, like an artist or anything. It's just, like... Now you could be like, okay, so Kids Love Chains Press. Maybe I could pitch something to those guys, and now there's an opportunity for me to grow in that genre, in that substack, in that small area, and suddenly your audience becomes nicher, but it's already a built-in thing where you got an, a reassuring amount of money always coming in for you, which is kind of nice in that setting. But as a fan, I'm like, uh, that's fine too. 
I don't know if I'm going to like want to spend money if this is untested stuff either. So it's like, do you put your money in like a creator you don't know because they're working for guys you do know? I guess that's what you do with comic books in the big two anyways, but it's just pretty risky. It's pretty interesting. And I'm wondering if this is going to work. Now, again, the numbers haven't been released and I haven't looked at any of them. But you look at like all these smaller independent companies that are making their books right now. And, you know, there's people like Scout and Vault and Aftershock. They're making some good books, too. But again, they're not getting that big push that the Substack's getting because they don't have the top guys there, which is interesting. So maybe we're going to see that kind of like switching over again. Who knows? Anything is really possible. So that's an interesting stuff. And Substack is a very complex situation. And I don't know if it's going to work yet. I'm very curious to see how it's going to do in its first year. It could work. It could not. But I love all these guys and I want to see them succeed. So my hope is that it all works out. Sadly, I'm not going to be putting in the money for it. I just don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I can support that decision as of yet. But I hope it works and I hope it allows them to grow their own imprints and do some interesting stuff in that regard. But who knows? And something else too. Let's go hypothetical for a minute. This kind of goes back to what I was saying about the success of the movies and these billion dollar franchises. So recently, Brian Michael Bendis, another huge name in the comic book industry, his imprint Jinx World, which was operated from DC for a while now, his imprint is going to be moving to Dark Horse. And this kind of goes into something else I was saying too. Like these top creators, they don't need the big two anymore. You know, Jinx World hasn't made a lot. It's made a couple of books. I, I mean, mainly just the stuff that Bendis wrote, right? Like I think like Young Justice was under that umbrella and Ginny Hex, that special was under that umbrella. But he hasn't done a lot like original stuff. So going to Dark Horse, who is clearly on like the 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 race, they they want to get in the race, so they're going to take all their originals, hopefully, and try to like make movies and franchises out of them. It opens up Bendis to do stuff that isn't DC adjacent. Now Bendis is probably like a rare example because he's got a lot of money. Naomi is literally getting a TV show that's in development right now. Like I think he's fine, but it's interesting just to see like oh he doesn't need to be with DC. He. He's doing his own thing there, and he's doing great at DC, but he's also like, Jinx World could make me probably more money over here where this imprint at Dark Horse would be better suited. Like, they're going to want it here. They're going to do stuff with it here. Interesting. I think it's a really interesting thing to see. Now, I again, I'm a huge fan of DC and Marvel. I don't want anybody to think I'm not. I love those guys, but... Every time they make a movie or they make something like this and a certain amount of money comes into it, you got to wonder if this is going to sustain or if the bubble again is going to break. Now, it won't break in the same way it broke in the 90s, but how much can we really be in the same universe forever? Now, both of these properties and companies are getting multiversal in their media, which might open up more doors or it might make it more niche than people want it to. That's the thing too. You know, I did my multiverse video a while back, but that's the thing I don't think a lot of people are thinking about. Is going multiversal opening more doors for you or is it closing them? Because suddenly it's a chore like, oh, Michael Keaton. Oh, Tobey Maguire. And you have to like think about these things already and have a pre-existing knowledge of them to really understand what's going on. But 
you go to Dark Horse, you go to Jinx World, you go to Comixology, you go to, you know, Substack, you have already built-in stuff that could potentially just be different enough where you'd want to see that developed. Is interesting. I think it's a really interesting to look at, especially from, like, the entertainment perspective. Because there's opportunities there that wouldn't be presented in Marvel and DC. And I think that's fascinating. And I'm not saying either of these two companies are hurting or bleeding, but... I think with, like, fucking off with Diamond, which was a big deal, you know, DC doing that, and them now saying, like, we're going to work with Webtoons and put some books out on Webtoons, DC is kind of saying, like, yeah, losing Tynan and losing some of this stuff has put us in a weird position. We're, We're fine. Like, we're going to be fine, but now's the time to explore more opportunities. And that's cool to see because we should let comics grow all over the place. Let them do whatever they want wherever they want. That's something that's great about comic books is that they could be a part of anything and everything and you do some really cool stuff with it. At the same time, too, it's a lot. And Substack is still untested. It's still an interesting thing that we could potentially see grow or not. But it's just another image, right? It's just another image. And, you know, some people like their indie books but not everybody does and if the, maybe the money doesn't come back in for these Substack books it's just a tested failure that didn't really go anywhere which would suck too because I'd love to see it succeed and it could potentially open the doors for more stuff but if this is the second coming of the image boom which it could be then I think the big two should be afraid I think you should see maybe, maybe less like okay see 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 the the rising ships it's like your top creators are gone. You already have some of your top other creators. Like I'm not, actually, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name names, but you'll probably figure out who I'm talking about. Just being like, I'm not making any money from my big billion dollar movie from the story I helped make. Your top creators are leaving. Your guys are like, you're not paying me shit for this thing I helped create. And you know, people are already signing deals with other companies where it's like, hey, I'm making eight original comic books that could be adapted into movies and television for Amazon. And you see that even guys are like, my imprint for this company is leaving. Suddenly, if you're the big two, you got to see that maybe we need to change the way we do certain things. Because clearly it's not working out the way we wanted it to. These people we thought would be loyal to us are like, no. This idea we have could grow here and we could get more money over here, which could lead to more money from these big corporations. It's something that is concerning. Now, Marvel and DC are not hurting for cash by any means, but if I was them, I'd be like, there's something going on here. It's slowly simmering in the distance and it could burst up and destroy some of our revenue. Because if we are more loyal, it's it's the influencer thing. If we are loyal to the person and not the book, then we're going to spend our more more of our money to see what Hickman is doing. We're going to spend more of our money to see Cates and Stegman. We're going to spend our money on Tynan. We're not going to spend our money on Batman or X-Men or Venom. We're going to spend our money on the person and not the property. Which I can go back and forth on all day. I think you should support the character... But you should also support the artist and the creator that goes into this. You know, if you love Batman, you should be reading Batman because you are a fan of James Tyne and not because you love Batman. Not every version of the character is going to work for you, but maybe you like this writer. And if you like that writer, support that writer over here or there or anywhere. And if that's what we're going to see happen, which I, I honestly think it is, 
Because look at everything that's happening with like YouTubers and Twitch streamers and everything. It's no different than this industry. You know, we follow the same creator or the same, we'll put it like this, we follow the same streamer. If they are playing Fortnite, if they are playing Among Us, if they're playing Call of Duty, we still follow that streamer. It should be the same for a comic book creator, artist, a writer, whatever. You follow what they're making, not the character they're writing. You can love a character and everything that comes out from them, but you love it because of the writer and the artist and the team behind it, which is kind of what I'm expecting to see the shift be in this. And if this is as big as we think it could be, if this is why Nick Spencer said, I can make this something valuable, and if this is why Scott Snyder said, I can pitch these to Comixology, then I think we are seeing a shift in the industry for the better. Now, it's still untested at this point, especially the Substack stuff, but it could be really good for the industry to see like we're focusing on the creators. We don't need Spider-Man to sell our book. We just need Donny Cates. We just need Scott Snyder, which is really cool because as somebody who wants to you know, come up in this industry, it's a really fascinating thing to see that people would want to read these things and be a part of this and support the creator over the character. I think that's exciting. I think that's a good idea. I love what that could create. So let's kind of recap everything we know so far. Substack is on tested waters, but the biggest creators are putting their time and effort into it, which gives me hope. I'm hesitant about it and I'm not going to put my money in right away, but I'm interested to see how this is going to succeed. It could blow up in its face. It could. Maybe it's not going to make all the money back. Maybe the things they put in aren't going to work. And you know, even some people are going as far as saying, I'm not going to post on social media. If you want to follow me, follow my Substack, which it could work. But also, if everything from a person has to be paid for, you're going to want to just like not read it sometimes because you want the free advertisements that you can see on like a Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. I'm curious about Substack. I think it could really work. I honestly do. There is so much about that idea that has potential to grow and be interesting, but I'm worried and I think it's right to be worried. Now, I'm not any of the big creators who are risking money on this potentially but from a fan it's like i can't put my money in yet i need to see what's going to happen first before i take the plunge with jinx world headed to dark horse i'm like bendis can do his creative stuff here and he could get more money from other places than just being part of the conglomerate of dc comics you know something to look at and of course scott snyder and comicsology well it's a given <laughs> like they're going to develop at least the successful books of his stuff, which will probably be most of them because it's Scott Snyder and some of them look really freaking cool. So it's interesting stuff all around and it's a lot of big opportunities that could potentially go somewhere or they could blow up in the faces of everyone involved. But if this is the second coming of the boom explosion of image, then I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I really am. Because digital's a big platform too. And I'm, I just think it's like Patreon. Those who will put the money in are going to get something special. And those who don't, well, it sucks. But you still have their other books to read. So, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I felt like I wanted to talk about this. Because I've been thinking about it for a while. And it's like, 
Do I support it? Am I against it? And the truth is I support it, but I'm worried and I'm cautious about all of it. Marvel and DC will be fine no matter what happens with these big creators, but at the same time, maybe they should see like, oh, people aren't interested in reading the latest Batman book. They're interested in seeing the the latest James Tynan Batman book. They're interested in seeing the latest Nick Spencer Spider-Man book. It's the artist and the writers that, and the creators in general that we want to see and not their individual creation of the character. It's important, but it's interesting. So if any of you are supporting a creator on Substack, I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this because I think it's very important to get an understanding of what this is bringing, what it's doing. If you are you know, interested in like some of the Jinx World and Comixology stuff, let me know your thoughts on that too because these are really big things. And as fans, it's another platform to get comic books, but it's not always going to be a comic book, is it? Like it, The books aren't scheduled to come out every month on time. They'll come out when they're ready, which could be never or every day. Who really knows? But this was a fun one to explore. And like always, I like to end things looking at some recommendations for you. Now, I'd love to recommend some of the Substack stuff. Of course, I'm not going to do that. So let's look at some of the top creators at Substack, and I'll recommend some books for them for you to check out. Chip Zdarsky, Sex Criminals. It's amazing. He's a great artist on that book. James Tynan, Department of Truth, obviously. Super good. Crossover by Donny Cates is well worth it. Stegman, of course, read his Venom stuff because his artwork is phenomenal in that book. I Hate Fairyland by Scotty Young. Perfect. It's really fun. Check it out. East of West by Jonathan Hickman. Classic Hickman stuff. If you love classic Hickman, that's what you're getting from there. From Bendis, I mean, what? Don't read everything from Bendis or don't. He's a really mixed writer. But, but Naomi's pretty cool. Check out Naomi. That show started production. I know Ava DuVernay put that up. So that started production too, that show. And the comicsology stuff from Snyder, none of it's come out yet. But the ones I'm excited for are like the the Barnstormer, I think is the one. That's like the big one. That's the romance book, right? That's the one I'm excited about. So the comic industry, it's changing for the better or for the worse. Let me know what you think, if it's going to be an interesting thing to see or if it's going to blow up in its own face. But either way... Pay your creators more if you're making a billion dollar movie. They deserve more money. Give them more money. They are working hard for you. Let these creators have some fucking money, man. Please. (laughs) They earned it. So thank you guys so much for listening to this latest episode of The Geek Wave. Now be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, please give us a rating over there. It definitely helps out. As always, you can check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and I will catch you in the next one. But of course, if you have any recommendations for topics you'd like to see me discuss on here, please email me or put them in the comments of this video. It's definitely cool to see what you guys are thinking about with all this stuff. So have fun. Stay safe. Good luck.